the opportunity to hear your word. Lord, even as we have gathered, we've gathered here all because of you. Father, my prayer is that you alone will ground the utterance, deliver your word to us. Let me speak nothing but your word, even as we touch on the subject matter, settling on what matters most. What matters most, O Lord, is from you to us. And may our hearts be focused on what matters most. Give me the direction and the instruction, and may all of us be blessed. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight we are sharing on the topic, Settling on what matters most. Settling on what matters most. For tonight's teaching service, the outline will be looking at what is it about that we are even going to talk about tonight. What is it about? Then we will look at some important areas that the Lord would want us to look at. Why do they matter? How can we handle what matters most? Where do we go from here? Is there a need to raise prayer? And then we'll conclude. What is it about? What are some of the important things to the Lord? Why do they matter? What are we supposed to be doing? Where do we go from here? Settling on what matters most. And I believe it is important to even reflect on the key issues of what we are even going to look at tonight. Settling for what matters most. And I'd like us to look at words like settling and then what matters most. Settling simply means applying yourself to do something or deciding that this is it. I'm sure we all do it. I'm settling on this. I've decided to settle on this. And I believe before we say we are settling on this or have decided to do this, we must have weighed our options. We must have weighed our options and why we are saying that we want to settle on this and nothing else. I'm sure there are many people who have gone through many faiths, some through traditional the occultic, other areas. But it comes to a point and you say that I have found the truth. And because I have found the truth, 
I've decided to settle on what I have found. It's because if you don't come to the point where you've settled, you've taken the decision that I'm settling on this, you continue to be tossed like a wind. In fact, you can even be in a restaurant when you've not decided on what to take. The waiter brings this. When you see somebody's food, can I have this one as well? But in this particular case, what we are talking about, it is better to get settled right from the onset. So what are we settling on? Then the other words are, what matters most? That what is of importance, what is of significance. Something will give careful consideration or something that deserves careful consideration. I'm trying to bring this up because if we are not able to get it clear, we'll not be able to understand what is before us tonight. Because we need to settle on what matters most. And I've come to realize that we need to settle on this matter because there are some questions I need to ask myself and perhaps you as well. What matters most in this life to you and I? What matters most? And in addressing this question, I'm not talking that if you begin to address only what matters to have on this life, you may not catch what the Lord wants us to catch. But what matters most in this life and the life after? What matters most in this life and the life after? And this question is very personal. And I realize that what matters most in this life and the life after is also what matters to our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is bleeding because what matters most to him, we have taken it casual. He's weeping. Because what matters most has been taken lightly. Another question I would like to pose is, what would be the most regrettable thing if you miss it in this life? What would be the most, most regrettable thing? Have we reflected on it? What would be the most important thing to be accomplished? Why have I come to Christ? What am I looking for? He knows why he came. We seem to be encumbered by many things. Some will say man must live. Man must enjoy but it should be that man must have everlasting life. There are certain questions that should engage our attention. What are we looking for? Last Sunday, our senior pastor gave the prelude as we look at some other important issues. He raised the issue of the word, the encounter between Martha and Mary. And the Lord said what matters most was what Mary had chosen. 
is about the word. And there is nothing new but the word. Yesterday, for those of us who had a prayer meeting, the word is there. It's been written. God's word is there. It's about Christ. It's been written. Even what's concerning you in Psalm 139 verse 16 is been written. But because we don't know the word, we still think there's something new. Tonight it's about settling for what is the most important thing. Let's also look at Luke chapter 10 verse 18 to 20. Where after Christ has sent the seventy, and they came back. He said, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Let's take it through to 20. Verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall be by any means hurt you. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What mattered to the people was that even the spirits are subject to us. But to Christ, is this? The important thing is, where is your name written? Has your name been written among the righteous? But then there are key things that sometimes we do not pay attention to. It is not the power that we exercise, but it is whether your name is in the book of life. The next key issue I'd like to focus on was in a couple of weeks ago, I think they had reproduced another edition of Left Behind. And for some reason, as we were watching it, and the people have left for a moment, I was with the family, and as we all sat down for a moment, everybody was quiet. Then I realized that there are things and there are things. <laughs> there are certain things, matters, that should make you quiet and begin to reflect. The people, the Lord had taken those he had to take. The pilot said, my wife told me, I'm sure your wife, your husband, your child, your pastor may have told you the most important thing. But as he sat in the cockpit, the curtain had been drawn. And you cannot go back for it. Certain things are important. Certain things are important. The daughter also remembered that mommy spoke about it. There are important things we speak about. 
but we don't take them serious. That was a beautiful sight we saw Amma and the children. My desire for every family is that can we meet in heaven with the entire family? That is the most important thing. That I'm there, my wife is there, my children are there. You are there, your husband or wife is there, your children are there. If we are not able to do that, if we cannot prepare the family to be there together, we are failed. You know, we are spending huge sums of money paying school fees. It is nice. But is that the most important thing? I'm not saying don't take your child to school. I mean, before I was three, my father took me to school. In those days, Penworth it was the newest international school in the country. It was even in the Republic of Gokos days, not Ghana. But that still doesn't, that was not the most important thing. The important thing is for me to make it to heaven. And we need to settle. That's why I'm saying we need to settle on what is the most important thing. And I'll challenge all of us. Can we resolve that the most important thing is for the entire family to be fit for heaven? Otherwise, we'd have failed. Still on that film, I observed that the buildings were standing. The cars were there. The buildings and the cars that we put so much faith in didn't matter. Then the young lady went to the pastor. Unfortunately, or so far, I don't know how the pastor too was left behind. I asked myself, even as pastors, what are we preaching? And after we have preached, what do we do with the preaching for the pastor to have been left? Because in Luke chapter 16, verses 28 to 29, in Luke chapter 16, verses 28 and 29, Luke 16, 28 and 29, he said, For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And listen to this part. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What are we telling the people? Are we telling the people the most important thing? Because Abraham said, the servants of God are there. Are we settling for the most important thing? So the pastor was left behind. Probably he didn't touch on what Abraham expects us to preach. Because there is a torment that people should not find themselves there. Are we preaching? That is what Abraham told him. As we follow from here, so I've mentioned the fact that the word is important. Whether your name is in the Lamb Book of Life is important. And following from the left behind, 
is Matthew chapter 24, verse 40 and 41. Matthew chapter 24, verse 40 and 41. It said, Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Do we reflect on this scripture? Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Bernard, these are the important matters. Who will be taken, and who will be left behind? Can we get down to settle on what matters most? He said, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other will be left. And when you are left, there's no going back. And for me, these are the things that should set us thinking. So like I said, as we watched the film and I looked at these scriptures, and he said, these are the matters that we need to settle on. There are things to settle on. And these matters, you don't negotiate. There is no debate. We cannot debate on them. Because these are matters that when you have been left behind, it is not a question of there will be another flight coming. There's only one flight. And when you miss that flight, you'd have missed it forever. I saw, looked at the pilot and his daughter. He said, the mama has been taken. Do we settle on the important matters? Like I said, for Christ, He came. He knew why He came. But some of us don't seem to know why, what we are looking for. We are encumbered by many, 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 many things. But my prayer tonight is that even if we look at this scripture alone, it said, Two women were grinding at the mill. One will be taken. This alone, this scripture alone, we should be looking at it every day till either he calls us or he comes. It is enough sermon for each one of us. We should be, but where are we going? What are we looking for? What are we looking for? Because as you look at the film, the skyscrapers were standing. The cars were left. All the buildings were left. But what matters had left. But the buildings were standing there. The buildings for which we, we can be so much busy that oh, we, I don't even have time for God's word. I cannot have time. I am busy. Because there's a burden I'm attending to. There's some business I'm attending to. So I cannot make time for God's business. That building and that firm was less standing. 
But that is what many people would have labored for. But those things, they don't matter. I think we should begin to settle on what matters most. And it's a personal decision I have to make. A personal decision you have to make. What matters most? Can you imagine you are there? Two people. You are left behind. And like I said, there is no second flight coming. Once you miss that flight, you have missed it. Then I believe we have to be more serious than we have been. We have to be more serious than we have been. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. Matthew 24, 30 and 31. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31. And he will send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and will gather together the elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. He will gather. Our prayer is that we will be part of those who will be gathered. It's an important thing. It's an important thing. In Luke chapter 13 verse, we are, still, we are now on the, the outline on some of the important things that matter. In Luke chapter 13, verses 25 to 27. Luke 13, 25 to 27. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, you where, where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all workers of iniquity. He ate of Christ. Christ taught him, which means he sat at the feet of Christ. No other person but Christ himself. He reminded Christ that you even taught me. What was the effect of the teaching? The most important is not just sitting in the classroom or in the temple. But what did we do? With what Christ taught. If indeed Christ himself taught him. Christ will open the door for him. But to sit at the feet of Christ. And for Christ to tell you I don't know you. 
is a serious matter. Christ should know us and open the door unto us. I pose the question again. Have you received your clean sheet for salvation? It's because as we go through all of this, the book of life is always being updated. Yours should not be like a police charge sheet with a matter pending. They should pick your sheet and there is nothing to write against you. Because there is something against your name. The sheet is not clean. And you will not be a candidate for the Lord to take away. Is there a stain on your garment? Is it faded? The stain may come through anger. Such a simple issue like this. Strife. Are you the individual where wherever you are, strife reigns? Last. The other issue that we need to look at is that there will be a resurrection. When you resurrect, have you considered where will you find yourself? Is it unto domination or unto eternal life? This is an important matter to reflect on. In Acts chapter 24, verses 15 and 16. Acts chapter 24, verses 15 and 16. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. So even as we've been taking away double resurrection, their faces at the point of resurrection. Where will you find us? So in Daniel chapter twelve, verse two, it talks about the resurrection. Daniel chapter twelve, verse two. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So we shouldn't say that when I die, it is finished. There will be a resurrection. Have you considered or settled that matter at the point of resurrection? Am I rising up? Unto everlasting life, or it will be everlasting contempt. This is the matter that has to be settled whilst we are living, so that we just carry it through. Hallelujah. Then from the resurrection, there's a point of judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 to 15. 
Revelation chapter 12, verse 15. Sorry, 12, sorry, 20, 12 to 15, sorry. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 to 15. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. By the things which were written in the books, verse 13, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death and hate delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each according to his works, verse 14. And death and hate were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, verse 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Still important matters for us to consider. And then ultimately as we've gone through resurrection judgment... Revelations 20 verse 3. We are here because we want to see God. Revelations chapter 20 verse 3. So it's 21 verse 3. Revelation 21 verse 3. It says, And I heard a voice, a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he will be their God. Hallelujah. So as you can see the process, there's a time of being taken up, some will be left behind. Even in death, there will be resurrection. As the resurrection, some will rise unto everlasting life, some unto everlasting damnation. Then there will be judgment. Then ultimately, we must see God. In all of these, I'm sure we are all here to see God. Today we say that, oh, we feel the presence of God. But we are moving beyond that, ultimately. To come to the point where we will want to see God. When we will have made it. This then brings me to the critical matter. Who can see God? Who will see God? And scripture again is clear. He says without holiness, no man can see God. Without holiness, no man can see God. And that is where I believe 
a critical decision has to be taken for you and I. And that's why I would like to submit for myself and for you is that for me it has to be a one-man campaign for a holiness movement for myself. A one-man campaign for yourself for holiness. At the personal level because without holiness no man will see God. At the personal level, it's a personal campaign for myself. It's a personal campaign for yourself. Then at the corporate level, as a church, a holiness movement, holiness crusade, where we provoke one another unto holiness. Hallelujah. These are the critical matters. That for me, this is what matters most. Because ultimately, you want to see God. Ultimately, I would like to see God. But without holiness, no man can see God. And holiness is not talking about just knowledge of God. It is not talking about a person who was the greatest profession. Judas among the twelve, in my view, had the greatest respectable responsibility to handle money. But it is not about that. It is not about morality or outward appearance or outward respectability. It is not about keeping company with godly people. Holiness is the habit of being of one mind with God. Holy mind will endeavor to shun evil. Holy man will strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. The holy person will follow our meekness, patience, gentleness, overlook much. The holy person will follow after temperance, self-denial. The holy person will follow after love, brotherly kindness, full of affection. Holy person is full of spirit of mercy and benevolence. The holy person is full of humility, full of faithfulness in all that he does. He is spiritually minded. His chief enjoyment is how he can commune with God. But many a time we talk about holiness. Our mind goes to fornication. But it's bigger than that. It is bigger than that. So as we settle on the things that matter most, It's about holiness. That is one critical thing. And why does it matter? Because God's standards are strict. 
there's no standard for the young and a standard for the old. Or a standard for a particular tribe. Or for a certain chosen people. The standards are strict. In terms of risk, the risk level concerning this important matter cannot be measured. It's immeasurable. The pieces cannot be put together once they fall. That is how serious it is. What should we be doing? In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it says we should be perfecting holiness. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. We should be perfecting holiness. It says, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We have to strive to perfect holiness. That is what I said. It's a personal campaign for holiness. Personal crusade for holiness if we want to see God. In Romans chapter 6 verse 22, there has to be fruits unto holiness. Romans chapter 6 verse 22. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end, everlasting life. Brethren, tonight, as we reflect on this, the one who is coming for us, our Lord Jesus Christ, is holy. The God we want to see is holy. Those saints who are receiving us are holy. We have no choice but to strive for holiness. We came to see God. We didn't come to look for buildings. Whether it's the glass church, whether we sit on that tent, the crucial issue that we all need to settle on. What matters most, having run through, whether I'll be left behind, whether it's resurrection, whether it is judgment, whether we have to see the Lord, it boils down to holiness. It doesn't matter the root under which you sit. Is the life you and I would have left. The life would have led a life pleasing, a life clothed in holiness. That is what matters most.
Tonight the prayer is in Jude 21. It's a very simple prayer. Jude 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. What matters to you and I? Prayer that the Lord will have mercy on us. Settling on what matters most. Tonight, these are the issues that we have considered. Like I said, Christ came. He has settled on why he came. But we are encumbered with many things. We need to settle down on what matters most. What matters most is to see the Lord. And to see Him, it will take holiness. We have to be clothed with holiness. How serious are we to take this matter at a personal level? As a church, can we provoke one another unto holiness? As a church, let's provoke one another unto holiness. We want to see the Lord. That is the ultimate. And what will take us to see the Lord should be a matter that we should all settle on. And pray that the Lord would guide us and take us to the end. I believe in us, we focus our minds on it. As we set our minds to what we know that we have settled on, as we keep our minds on it, the distractions around us may sometimes look attractive, but it is still a distraction. A distraction is a distraction. No matter how presentable, it is. Pursuing holiness may in the eyes of the world it may seem as if you look too simple. But so be it. If it has to be simple, it has to be simple. It doesn't need Anything glamorous. It's as simple as holiness. And I believe in us we pursue and certain on this matter. The Lord should be talking to each one of us personally. What is it that I'm holding on? That does not make me holy. I don't think you need anybody to tell me. I need to look at my own life. What is it? If I truly want to see the Lord, I need to search my life.
and settle on that matter is between me and the Lord. Lord, show me. Father, speak to me. Direct me. Let me see what I'm holding. What is the baggage which is not fit to enter the kingdom? Like I said, it might be something anger. That may be all, but it's still an issue. It may be bitterness, it is still an issue. It may be envy, it is still an issue. It may be hate, it is still an issue. Idolatry, it is still an issue. Don't allow that issue to remain. Let's shed it off. Let's focus our minds that we want to meet with the Lord. And like I've said, the one coming for us is holy. The one we want to go and see is holy. The reception team are clothed in holiness. We cannot go there in any situation which is not holy. May the Lord guide us and help us to make it to the end. Peace and many blessings.